Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. And welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Okada is doing air guns at the camera, so if you're not on YouTube, uh, I feel really bad for you. Also, Okada, uh, put those in the holster, please. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We are back. It is Wednesday. We are halfway through the week. We've got another Dynasty-themed show for you all on tonight. We are discussing some Dynasty ADP. I think it's a super useful tool to kind of gauge players values kind of gauge trade targets that kind of stuff so that is the theme of tonight's show before we get into that let's check in with my two co-hosts okada john what is going on fellas how's everybody doing uh doing pretty good it is midway into yet another week of may yet another quarantine week this thing is just just keeps going and i think that california says it's going to keep going for at least three more months so yay for me yeah uh, I saw that. Meanwhile, uh, John that State is out here just oh. opening bars, opening barber shops. It's crazy out there. Um, Arizona uh, might be getting sports, yeah. actually. Well, certainly so, they will allow for sports. I don't know if any of the sports leagues will let them play them. Right. The Diamondbacks yeah. will just be 100-0 and because they'll have won all their <laughs> games against no one. They'll um, just charge tickets for scrimmages, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, we, yeah, we are in the heart of dynasty season bets. There are all kinds of startups going on. There's a certain startup that's going to be coming on soon. I don't know if we're ready to announce that and we should uh, keep it on the back burners. Sneak peek. We'll keep it on the back burner. Yeah. Listeners be prepared for a crazy announcement in that regard. Um, Devonte Adams jerseys are being auctioned, not auctioned, given away, uh, <laughs> on our social media. So you guys should check that out. Uh, but I will say. Uh, in fact, Betts uh, mentioned, or we were talking before the show, and we plan our shows out, he mentioned a redraft idea, and then I shot it down by saying, Betts, ain't nobody that plays redraft and not Dynasty listening to our podcast right now, but if you're a redraft player and you're like, hey, can we get some non-Dynasty content, you maniacs? Hit us up and let us know, because then maybe we will. But in the meantime, it's another Dynasty pod. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about a lot of this stuff right now is like, it, even though we're talking specific with Dynasty ADP, it still tells listeners how we play, how we feel about a player, at least for this season. Mm, so that obviously translates to redraft. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy to say like it feels like there's like nine months between now and the season. Like it's almost June. Like it, once also June hits, true. it is redraft season for sure. Um, there's a couple of sickos out there named Matthew Betts and John Helmkamp who participated in a redraft. Real, real league, real draft. Uh, before yep. the NFL draft, it was that terrifying. Happened. It was weird. Including it was rookies, including rookies, and without landing spots. Yeah, John got Ceh and uh, Jonathan and Taylor JT. in that draft. Let's wow. go. <laughs> so he lucked that out. Uh, that, I that took works. DeAndre Swift. That is okay. Well, it'll remain to be seen how it works out for redraft. But um, yeah, a bunch of industry people, people from NFL Network. Um, we had uh, Brad Evans in that league, uh, a couple other people, just good people and fantasy football junkies because we can't get enough. Um, and hopefully you're in the same mindset as us, uh, fantasy football 24-7, round the clock, all year we don't stop and neither does the NFL season, what it feels like. So fellas, we're going to get into tonight's show. As Okada said, I just want to point out the specific reminder for the Devontae Adams signed jersey giveaway. Ooh. 
It'll be going on for a few more weeks. We've had a ton of entries already. So if you want that jersey, get in there. We have tiered entries right now. So you can do things like uh, retweet our tweet on uh, on Twitter. You can like the, the post on Instagram. You can subscribe on Patreon, all that stuff. The details are on uh, the pinned tweet on our Twitter at RedshirtsFFPod. And another option there is leaving a, a review and a, um, a rating in your podcast app. And right, that's fellas. a green and yellow jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It is not, the green the jersey. Yep. Sweet. Yep, that's yep. Awesome. Looks great. All right, boys. We're going to get into the Dynasty ADP for tonight's show. Before we do, we do have a little bit of news to get to. Not too much, and then we'll get right into it. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh that's good news. All right, so I should preface this. It's May news, which means it's not news. Uh, there is uh, a rumor that the Eagles are interested in signing Carlos Hyde, current free agent. That is per NFL insider Adam Kaplan. Um, now, fellas, today, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Today, Fantasy Twitter lost its mind. Everyone was like, haha, all you people that were in on Miles Sanders, look at this. Like, how could you think he was going to get a full time workload? And I say, this changes absolutely nothing. What are yep. your thoughts on that for Miles Sanders' value? Because I think that's really where this, uh, this conversation goes. Yeah, I mean, what we've been talking about all along is a couple things. One, a true, like, 90% of the carries bell cow back um, is a very rare thing. In the NFL these days, like Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, that's about it. Um, you're going to split carries. And just on, I think it was our last podcast, wasn't it, that we were talking, we're thinking maybe 225 carries for Miles Sanders. Not that he's going to be a 300 carry guy. This is just bringing in someone that's going to tote the rock like 75 to 100 times, something along those lines over the course of the season. Miles Sanders is still going to get the workload that we think he's going to. And if it's a Carlos Hyde type, that's exactly what you want. Someone that's not going to threaten the passing down work for Miles Sanders, which is something that he's going to be used heavily because they have Jalen Rager and that's about it at wide receiver. So I want them to bring in a back that is going to not threaten passing down work. And who's just going to kind of lighten the workload on on the body a little bit for Miles Sanders and allow him to still do very, very well in PPR. Yeah, this is like, I don't know if this is best case per se, but we knew they were going to sign somebody. And I like this more than if they had signed Devontae Freeman. Yeah, I agree. Uh, who I think could have threatened a little bit more Miles Sanders type of workload and play ability and style. So, yeah, Carlos Hyde's going to be a five carry a game guy who gets two touchdowns and overall is the impact on Sanders is going to be minimal. Yeah. And let's be honest. I mean, granted you got to give it to Carlos side. Okay. He was like, like no one wanted him in the NFL. He like had like four teams by the time it was September 1st <laughs> lands with the Texans yeah. and goes over a thousand yards. So it's not like he's a terrible running back, but we have to remember who was giving him the football bill O'Brien. Giving him, giving it to him on first and ten, second and eight, and then, you know, punting. Like, so he just got a lot of volume in bad <laughs> yeah. coaching, and the Eagles will not do that. They will give him some work, but if you were assuming Miles Sanders, like John said, was going to get ninety percent of the touches, um, you were fooling yourself. So right. I still think this is the exact same for Miles Sanders. No real change for me. 
if there's a dynasty owner in your league that sees this and they're like, oh man, Carlos Hyde, he was good last year. Uh, buy Miles Sanders and you will be very, I very tried. happy. You I tried? tried today to buy Miles Sanders. I, I sent a text. Uh, yeah, I sent a text and I was like, man, that sucks for Miles Sanders. And uh, got shot down so fast. Like <laughs> I got the response text. I was like, nah, we're good here. We're <laughs> fine. Move, move, move along. Uh, but I, but I tried. You got to test the waters. You got to. You got to see what the temperature is after news changes, potentially changes things. But yeah, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. And of course, we are operating as if this will probably happen. Uh, this is not official yet, but they're, they're right. looking at Carlos Hyde uh, as well as other veteran running backs. All right, boys, that is it for the news. We're going to get into our Dynasty ADP discussion, uh, a little bit of an over under segment. So I'll explain the rules uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. I looked up, what is this, seven players that I felt like were kind of perplexing like didn't really know how to value them in dynasty i feel like they've either been left for dead or they're rising like crazy and their adp is kind of out of whack so i want to get your guys temperature on where that is talk about what their adp is if it's undervalued properly valued okada is touching his nose for some reason (laughs) um maybe it's this idea stinks i don't know (laughs) no no and then discuss if they would be a buy or a sell in dynasty uh, I have two idiots for friends on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, so, man. You're setting, you're not... so you're setting a number and we're choosing if, if their ADP is currently over or under that number? Yes. And we'll okay. assume that under is under. If it's okay, let's say it's like the 110. You would say under would be 109 or less. Yeah. Okay. Over well, would be a higher number, so to speak. ranked player, but yes, lower number. Uh, I would just like to say for the record before we start this that I go into this not at all expecting to win if it is a competition because John has done like at least 18,000 startups <laughs> and I have a, I can't compete with that. So <laughs> I've yeah. done far too many and there's probably still more. So it's I'm so a degenerate, funny. which is why I'm here. Uh, hey, here we are. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. Our group text uh, between the three of us is literally like one or two businessy things. And then like John will be like, all right, so I'm in this startup. I'm in the fourth <laughs> round. And like two days will go by and he's like, all right, I'm in this startup. I'm in the third round. I'm like, dude, did you just go what back? What do you mean? <laughs> just it's John so doing accurate. startups all oh, the time. So yes, uh, so accurate. if this is a um, competition, John is going to crush you, Okada. All right, boys, we are starting with a running back. A guy who seems to be rising. People are in on this guy. They saw the second half of last year and they said that dude is a top 12 running back. No doubt about it. This is Joe Mixon. Now, I'm going to set the over-under on his ADP. This is single quarterback ADP, by the way, courtesy of our friends at Sleeper. So, single quarterback. The 2.04. Let's kick it over to John first. Mm. You going over or under the 2.04? I'm going to say under. I think that in single quarterback, he is being valued as like ballpark RB 6 to 8 right now. Um, people are so high on him and they're like, Joe, um, Joe Burrow's here and he's going to be the savior and the offense is going to be amazing. And their offensive line is better because they got a first rounder last year that was hurt on the O line and he's coming back and everyone's just gushing over Joe Mixon right now. Um, let alone, we, we still haven't seen Burrow take a snap and he doesn't have any OTAs. So like probably pump the brakes on their offense guys. Like. They're not going to come out and be the Chiefs, um, but I'm going to go under. I, I'm going to say probably around like the 110 would would probably probably be where I put. Ooh, 
All right, Okada. And I'm not. Yeah, and I don't want him there. All right. Uh, I was gonna say it was. I was gonna go like a hair over, like two hundred five, two hundred six. I feel like there's enough receivers that people really, really like. That even with Mixon getting up to the RB six to eight range, and I think it's probably in that range, eight, um, that that the receivers will push him down far enough to get past two hundred four. So I'm gonna go over it at two hundred five point five. Um, we talked about John being a de- degenerate, knowing ADP like the back of his hand. True. And he got it right. Ah. <laughs> Pretty much spot on. He is going at the 2.01, so not quite in the first round, but, but just on the, the cusp there. RB6, you guys both said RB6 to 8, so he is right on that range. John, you touched on it. You said, I don't want him at that ADP, and, and you kind of voiced oh, the concerns. Man. I'll kick it back to Okada. Do you want Joe Mixon at that ADP? Well, part of my initial reaction is that since I thought of him as a 205, that maybe I don't. But I will say that I do largely buy into a lot of what John was talking about the hype is based off of. Not necessarily immediately. Like, I do think it'll take a little while to John's point with no OTAs for Joe Burrow, rookie quarterback, offensive line. Yes, maybe improved pieces, but they still has to gel and co cohese. Can cohese be? Can, to, is there a verb for cohesion? If there's a listener out there that knows the answer to this question, um, yeah. <laughs> please add us on Twitter. Uh, let to us know. gain cohesion, <laughs> let's go with that for now. Um, wow, we are idiots. Yes. Then it, it will take a little bit of time. However, I don't think there's very much chance that it's a worse situation than it was last year or the last few years. Um, before last year, the coaching situation was awful. Last year, the offensive line was terrible. It was the one guy they got in the first round got hurt that they were trying to use to shore up that offensive line. Andy Dalton got hurt. Um, it's just it was a hot mess. AJ Green was hurt, which means there was less threat on the outside. Yeah, the Bengals were an awful team. Obviously, the most awful team in the NFL. I don't think that they can possibly be that bad again. So I think you are going to get a better mix in even in the next year or two uh, years to come than we've seen, which has been very good. So I think he can, I would I would take him around that range, the one, the two hundred one you said, two hundred one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would take him around that range. I think he belongs around there. See, for me, I don't want him at that ADP, and it's not necessarily that I don't think Joe Mixon is a good running back. I think he's great, but mm-hmm. like John said, there's short term concerns, and then we see it year after year after year. Now the Bengals are talking about that second contract. And I feel like at this point, you're just buying Joe Mixon to be at his ceiling. Like, I don't know that he can really go up in value from here. And there's very few players that I want to take at their ceiling. Joe Mixon right now, I feel like is at his ceiling. So I'm out on that ADP. Hmm. Personally, I would be selling. I don't have him ranked quite that high in my dynasty ranks. So running back six, yeah, I'm, I'm selling if I can get that type of value for Joe Mixon. By the way, before we move on, uh, we do have an awesome article on the website specifically about Joe Mixon. So check that out at redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. That is from Kai, one of our writers, talking about if Joe Mixon can make the leap into RB1 territory this season in redraft. So check that out. All right, fellas. One more just to touch on. He's talking about him getting into the RB1 territory, and he's being drafted as the RB6. Mm. Like... Yep. We're trying to make an argument. Uh, one of our writers is trying to make an argument either for or against him being even an RB1. And he's going as the RB6 off the board in front of guys like sometimes Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, like these guys are going after him. And I just, I can't see that. I can't justify that, that value. Yeah, fair enough. All right, fellas, we are on to our second player here, T.Y. Hilton, a former receiving uh, yards leader in that statistical category a couple years ago. A guy that was locked in as like a back-end wide receiver one every year and injuries, getting a little bit older. I don't really know how to value him, so hopefully you guys can tell me here. Uh, We're going to start with Okada on this one. I'm going to set the over-under at the 9.10 in single quarterback dynasty. Oh boy! In my mind, when you said his name, the first I was thinking eighth. Uh, that is pretty late. Nine ten is pretty late. I think that based off his name value, and the fact that they actually signed a at least name value also carrying quarterback after having Jacoby Brissett and Brian Hoyer for a couple games. I'm going to go ahead and say under. I think he's probably getting drafted a little bit ahead of that. I won't yet say how I feel about that, but I'm going to go under. All right. John? Um, That line feels pretty close to me. I'm going to go over because I think there are a lot of people that have kind of written him off for dead because of injuries and age concerns and people thinking that Philip Rivers is coming in with a wet noodle of an arm um, and that they're just going to go straight to their new bell cow running back with a majority of the work. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna say the over, which is kind of shocking for T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton. I mean, the ghost, a like 1,500-yard receiver a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, that is pretty shocking and... But yeah, I, I'm going to guess it's over, but it feels pretty pretty close to that. All right, boys. Oh, gosh. Okada tied it up. Oh! It is the under. <clears throat> and listen, this over-under line I picked based off the fact that I felt like in what I've seen in my Dynasty startups is more correct than what Sleeper's ADP shows. And I've gotten T.Y. Hilton in like the 10th round, the 11th yeah, round. Like it. at that point, like, sure, I'll take a shot. Um, but he's going in the 7th round. The 7.10, so two full rounds earlier than the over-under, at the wide receiver 35. Wow. Yeah. Now, I have pause with T.Y. Hilton, and it doesn't really have to do with this season. It's just injury is a concern. Lots of soft tissue injuries last year. Mm, hamstrings. Hamstrings. Best calf. be hating on them hamstrings. I'm always hating <laughs> on the hamstrings. The, the quad, the calf, like there's just recurring things that are more likely to happen than other injuries. Plus, you factor in the quarterback situation beyond this year is a complete question mark. He's getting a new quarterback this year alone. Like, I'm just out on T.Y. Hilton at his name value, like Okada was saying. So at the 9th, 10th, 11th, yeah, I'll take a shot. At the 7th round, I'm out. Uh, What do you guys think on T.Y. Hilton here? That is the wide receiver 35 value. Yeah, so when I threw out my number, I said that the first thing that came to mind was 8th, and 710 is basically cracking into the 8th, and I said... I I don't know if I said, but I don't, I would not want to take him there at all whatsoever. I'm saying it now. Um, I thought I, it. I, I don't even know if I'd want to take him at nine ten, where he's actually go- or where you set the the mark at. Uh, it's funny, John uh, laid down some examples of what people are saying that are why he thought maybe were they people were over, and they were basically taking the words right out of my mouth. He's older. He's appeared washed. The injuries are a big concern. His quarterback does have a wet noodle of an arm, and we don't know exactly what to expect after Mr. Wet Noodle is gone. 
Um, they drafted a good young wide receiver. I do not feel good about T.Y. Hilton at all. I think his best days are very much behind him. And we're looking at a guy who will flash wide receiver two weeks, but be more of a inconsistent wide receiver three or four maybe for a couple years, and then he's gone. So I'm not taking him anywhere near the 710. No, thank you. Yeah, I think that that ADP off sleeper um, shows that he's still getting some serious name value respect yep. um, outside of who he is as a player. And most of the people that I've been drafting with are are a lot of other fantasy football heads and people that are total degenerates on this stuff like I am. So I'm, I am seeing him go in like the 10th, 11th round. For people that are just going, nope, I'm out. I'd rather take a young guy with upside than an aging wide receiver with soft tissue uh, problems, a new old quarterback, and yeah, a lot of competition for touches and scheme and fit and all kinds of stuff that's going on there. So he's still definitely getting a bump for his name. I don't want him around there. What did you say? Seven ten. Yep. Seven ten. Yep. Boy, no thanks. I'm I'm out there. Like like Betts was saying, I might take a stab on him in the tenth or eleventh round as my like wide receiver five, maybe. But but that's that's about it. Yep, I definitely agree with everything you guys just said. I own Ty Hilton in one league, and it's because honestly, like I had a trade to go through. I forget who it was for. Oh, shocker! It was for Terry McLaurin. Um, and Curtis Samuel last year Mm. um, midway through the year T.Y. had just come back he was he had like one or two good games I was like all right this is my chance like I gotta get out and the guy backed out like two hours before kickoff he was like yeah I don't know I'm I'm scared and now I'm just stuck with him like I don't even know what to try to offer someone to get rid of T.Y. Hilton like do you sell him for let's say your rookie draft hasn't happened yet like a mid-second oh yeah I mean I don't even get that I would smash that uh, yeah a mid-second for T.Y. I think yeah. you're going to get an early third, probably. Maybe. Yeah. And I might, I would probably take an early third if I could wow. get it. I think how that I would, too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. How the body have fallen. But I think that I would. I mean, especially in a class like this, there are some very interesting uh, third-round prospects in this, this year's class. A lot of young guys, so many wide receivers um, in this draft class. Yeah, I'd probably throw a dart on on a younger guy um, that can kind of develop on my bench as opposed to T.Y. who's just a, a a decreasing asset at this point. Yep, fair enough. Get out while you can. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, next player here. We're going to kick it over to John first. This is a guy we were talking about in the Patreon Slack channel today uh, with our patrons. Shout out to all you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And Okada said, I am rising on this guy. And I said, Ooh. he's going in the show doc. Nikhil Harry. Second year wide receiver for the oh New England gosh. Patriots. Came out last year. Was some people's 1.01 in rookie drafts. Did absolutely nothing last year. What are we doing with Nikhil Harry, guys? I'm going to set the over under here at 6.09 uh, in Dynasty Startup wow. Drafts. John, what are you saying here? 6.09. Single quarterback? Single quarterback. Um, hmm. Boy, that feels rich. Um, Okada smiling like he knows. <laughs> he knows what the answer is. He, he may have looked. He may have looked it up. I would was, never. He would never. <laughs> so he knows. I don't. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say over on that S- sixth round. You're talking about wide receiver three territory. Um, that feels awfully expensive for a wide receiver who, yes, was great in college, not an excellent separator, but fantastic ball skills. Um, great in the air, really solid after the catch, good ability to like good, great body control. His body control is incredible. Um, and then he just had a bunch of injuries and did absolutely nothing in his rookie season. I don't even remember how many catches he had, like six, like nothing. Um, (laughs) It was, it was, it was bad. So I I don't know. That feels really expensive for a big question mark of a second year wide receiver that just lost Tom Brady and is going to Jared Stidham at quarterback. I'm going to, I'm going to say over. How dare you, John? He had 12 receptions last year. Oh, Oh, excellent. Twice the number. Come on. (laughs) Twice as much. (laughs) Um, well, I did not peek at anything, but I was also going to say the over, uh, just because of what, how you kind of introed it, Betts, in that he was, uh, as far as just rookie season goes, a massive bust for dynasty, uh, fantasy players and for the Patriots. He did nothing. Um, so I'm going to also say over and I'll reserve my judgment on that until you tell us who's right. Well, I guess we're both right. right. Yes. You guys are both, uh, too smart for this game. You both got it correct. He is going How's also it? at the 710, which is why I put him on this list. Oh. The exact same ADP as oh. T.Y. Hilton. That is interesting. That is interesting. So both huh. wide receiver 35, 36 tied, however, however you want to look at that. But back-end wide receiver three value in Dynasty. Fellas, let's let's first talk. T.Y. Hilton or Nikhil Harry? Who would you rather have? Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Okay, I'm agree- in agreement on that as well. Now, would you, re- would you take Nikhil Harry at the... <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the high five there was awesome. Um, yeah, if you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing it wrong, man. You got to get on YouTube. Uh, the the value there, wide receiver 36, late seventh round. You guys in or out on that value, assuming that obviously better days are ahead for Nikhil Harry. So I am in on that value because the one thing I did look at earlier today was my ranking on Nikhil Harry, and that is exactly where I have him. But as I said in the Patreon chat. I felt like I, I am rising mentally from where he is for me now. And I think that that number is going to change in the coming days or weeks. Maybe if I do a, a big uh, rankings readjustment this week, which is a possible. Um, and there's a couple of reasons. Number one, people bring up the fact that he doesn't separate, which is true. The Probably the most consistent young productive fantasy wide receiver one over the past five years is named Mike Evans. He does not separate. Nikhil Harry is the same thing as Mike Evans. He has that same exact kind of upside. I think he can be the same type of player. I think he can be a double-digit touchdown guy, and I think he can have, you know, 15 yards per reception with 14.9 of them being before the catch. Yes, air yards. Um... But more importantly, like Betts mentioned, this is a guy who was a 101 last year. I, I don't know if he was the consensus 101, but he was certainly, uh, it was a pretty tough year to call, but he was a common 101, I would say. Yeah, it was either him or Josh Jacobs. That yeah. was kind of the consensus. And he was my 101. And to... Shocking. Yes. To say that after one year where he didn't do anything, but not because he was on the field and they tried to target him and he played poorly, 
but simply because he could not learn the playbook and therefore could not get on the field. Like he did not get snaps of any sort of meaningful value until very late in the season. And to his credit, with the very few targets that we did see him get the ball, he actually looked decent. Yeah, he had some nice plays. Yeah, he made he some really great did. plays, including a touchdown that was one of the worst that, calls that I've ever dive. seen. Yes. Yeah, that against dive the Chiefs awesome. that got yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. Unbelievable. Uh great play. So I think he ha- I think he is a great buy right now. In fact, I kind of wish I had I had named him on the buy low episode last week because I think you're getting a guy who is a 101 and has wide receiver one upside if he can get his ish together with learning the playbook, which I think he can. Uh for what did you call it? Six seven ten? Seven the ten. Seven ten, yep. That's incredible value. So yes, it's yep. risky. But I'm in on it, and uh, one of the reasons I'm rising is that I think we're hearing good things about Jared Stidham. I'm feeling a little bit better about that that situation, yeah. um, so that helps a lot too. Yeah, um, exactly what we were just talking about with T.Y. Hilton, with where he's going. I'd rather take a young guy with upside. That's exactly if I'm facing those two options, I would take Nikhil Harry over T.Y. Hilton, which honestly hurts my heart because I had him in so many redraft leagues like five years ago. And and it's just, it's, it's hard to watch them phase out. You mm. know what I mean? It, it's, it's always really challenging. Yeah. The TY man, that was, that was it. And he just the, he nicknamed the ghost because he would just blow past secondaries. He never scored a touchdown inside the red zone. It was always a 40 yard bomb <laughs> like every single time. So it's it's kind of nostalgic and it's it's a little bit of a changing of the guard there and that's hard but um, I'd rather take someone that had great draft capital, um, very good ball skills and has future growth opportunity like Okada was talking about instead of someone who we we've seen the best of T Y Hilton and, and he's just a decreasing value like I said. Yeah, I mean those are all great points on Nikhil Harry and. The thing that's encouraging about Nikhil Harry is the depth chart in New England. Right? Oh, yeah. They didn't yeah. they didn't go out and really address it at all. I mean, you've got Julian Edelman, and who knows what's going to happen with him at age 34 with Jarrett Stidham. Like, there's a realistic scenario that Nikhil Harry leads this team in targets this year. I mean, I, I just actually ran through the projections for the, the Patriots yesterday. I didn't project that to happen, but they're pretty close, he and Edelman. I have his stat line coming out to be... Uh, 52 receptions, 624 yards, and six touchdowns. So from a year one to year two leap, I'll take yeah. that. And then I think that tells you uh, there's at least optimism among us for Nikhil Harry, like we said, the former 1.01. Real quick before we move on, how would you guys gauge Nikhil Harry in this year's rookie class? Like, give me a name that you think he's similarly valued to. Uh, this was actually uh, how he came up in the Patreon chat today. Which, by the way, in case we didn't mention it, to anyone who's not in our Patreon, you should get all up in there because it is great. There was a whole bunch of discussion today. I had a big debate uh, over my lunch break about A.J. Brown. It was very fun. Um, but the question was where he kind of falls in relation to some of the, the rookies. And I said that he was after Pittman and before Higgins. That is exactly where I was going to put him. Which is somewhere yep. in the early second, early mm-hmm. to mid-second well, probably early second, um, and you know, top six receivers, ish, top six or seven. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, that's, also, go ahead, John. I was just gonna say that's exactly what popped into my mind was Michael Pittman Jr. Um, was the name 
that popped up when you were asking that question. I yeah, early early to mid second value, right around there. Yeah. Two point oh four probably. Which by the way um, is interesting because and I, I feel like that's his on the market value. I don't think you can get him yeah. for a late second like you can with T. Y. Hilton, despite them being the same startup value, which is really interesting. That is right. interesting. Yeah. I wonder what it would take to I might have to have some uh I might for for science purposes only, I swear. I, I think I'm gonna have to go put out some feelers on some Nikhil Harry in some of my leagues and, and see see where the value comes back at. Yeah, I offered the 208 like two months ago for Nikhil Harry in the league that you and I play in together, Okada, um, the Pros and Joes League. Mm-hmm. It got shot down, hmm. uh, which I was sad about. So there's people that I think are, are savvy. They're on to Nikhil Harry uh, for sure, and this ADP shows it. All right, boys, before we move on to the next one here, quick pause. Thank you to today's sponsor, tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. Guys, it's May. It's almost June. John's in freaking Arizona. Like, it's already 100 degrees it's Every beach day. season. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's COVID-19 thing. Maybe not, but it's still summer. You still got to get that body in check, and you got to go to tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. Okada's been running uh, to get all fit and stuff. Uh, but, man, tinywhiteboardworkouts.com is such a good value. My friend John is a personal trainer and performance coach. Not me. The dude knows what he's doing. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Not, not John Helmkamp. No. No. Uh, John knows what he's doing, man. He's going to help you out at Tiny Whiteboard Workouts. This is essentially the, the theory behind the name. He writes up the workout of the day on his Instagram page, which is the same handle, Tiny Whiteboard Workouts, and he writes it on a little tiny whiteboard. That's the name. And it's free. But in order to really get the benefits of the training, you kind of have to, to work with him. He'll, he'll help you out with your nutrition, coach you up on movement quality and, and safety and that kind of stuff. Mm. The dude is smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. I trust him uh, for sure. So check out tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. And when you go sign up with John, let him know that the Red Shirts sent you his way. All right, fellas. Next player here on the list is a guy that I have zero clue how to value in Dynasty because Tyler Higby came in and stole the show last year. And that is Gerald Ooh. Everett. Oh, jeez. Tight end for wow, the LA Rams, wow, wow, wow. who, by the way, was the tight end 14 before he went down with injury in week 12. Guys, I'm going to set the over under at 14.11. Hmm. 14.11. Uh, who, who, who goes first this time? I forget. I think it's me. And yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and answer quickly, mostly because I have little to no clue, so I may as well just take a 50-50 guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go over here. I think that Higby is the new hotness. He's what's on everybody's mind, and Everett is kind of uh, the immediate sort of uh, follow up on that concept is you can't have two good young tight ends on the same team. There's no way. Right. So I, I think there's a I think there's little chance that Everett makes it onto anybody's radar as a starting option, even a decent backup option. I think he's probably in the tight end 15 plus range for a lot of people, and that feels like a fourth and after that 14th round pick. So I'm gonna go over. Oi, hey, um, where'd you John, say you 14, 14.9? Is that where you put it? 14.11. 14. Oh, jeez. Those two picks could make all the difference, John. So much. Um, <laughs> boy, that is really challenging because he was looking really good early in the season, like you were saying. Um, super athletic tight end. Um, 
You know, just because I, I don't feel like agreeing with Okada, I'm going to say under and I'm going to make up a reason why. <laughs> um, people really, really like young, explosive, athletic tight ends that had really good measurables. And that is what Gerald Everett is. I think a lot of people enjoy those super explosive young tight ends that they can stash on their bench and hope for a breakout. Um, and I think that we saw some very good things early in the season last year. I also, it, as we've commented in previous shows, down the stretch last year, they went pretty heavily to a 12 personnel. If that's the offense that they're going to be rolling, you might see both of these tight ends with decent roles in the offense. It's not just going to be feast or famine. So I I think that there is a chance that he is going under that, especially because people get really hyper on tight ends and you'll see like a tight end run because everyone panics. Um, I'm going to go under. I'm going to say under. I talked myself into it. John, I love the confidence. However, you are very incorrect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okada uh, hit that one out of the park. 16.07 mm. is his value right now. That is tight end 28. Wow. Are you serious? We're not talking dynasty bias tonight, but go buy Gerald Everett. Yeah. Listen, guys. No kidding. A couple of years ago, these two tight ends came out in the exact same draft class. Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. Who did Sean McVay talk about it as his Jordan Reed? It was not Tyler Higby. Mm. So it was Gerald Everett. And listen, man, there, there are quotes from just uh, a month ago talking about Gerald Everett. Sean McVay coming out saying he's really excited about seeing what he can do. Uh, he's he's a guy that's got a better job of us- utilizing his skill set because he's a difference maker. That's a direct quote from Sean McVay. So this Tyler Higby... Uh, buzz is real and I'm not buying into it. I'm going to fade Higby, especially in redraft leagues and in dynasty. I'm going to target Gerald Everett. If you're telling me one of these guys emerges as like the, the every down, like pass catching tight end, I'm going to take Gerald Everett. I don't know that it'll happen early in the season, but I think it might happen as the year goes on. I'm buying it tight end 28 value. Yes. Yes, please. So, this is a really tough one because I just went ahead and checked in real quick on Tyler Higby's game logs, and I forgot. I maybe no one else has forgotten, but I feel like everyone Dude, has bald. forgotten. He more than bald. Whatever bald is yeah. is a severe understatement for what Tyler Higby did at the end of last season. Are you kidding yeah. me? These are his last yep, five games. I'm just going to read them I out I lost real quick. to him in a playoff. I lost to Tyler Higby uh, uh, like, in a playoff uh, uh, game. Just Se- Tyler Higby. Seven catches yep. for 107 yards and a touchdown. Seven for 116, 12 for 111, nine for 104, eight for 84 and a touchdown. Those are his last five games. Those are Julio Jones numbers. <laughs> yeah. What the was- heck are you talking about? Unreal. Yeah, so, it was nuts. And what, but what that does for me is it puts me in this really difficult conundrum of, A, did Sean McVay decide all of a sudden that he really likes throwing to a tight end? And so with Gerald Everett back, he's going to run a lot of 12 personnel and use both of them because he realized this works really well. Or B, did he realize that Tyler Higby is clearly the better option because it just so happened that when Gerald Everett got hurt, Tyler Higby started getting all this production. And I feel like I lean a little bit more to the latter because both of them were there early in the season. And it seems random that just all of a sudden when it's Tyler Higby and whoever was then playing second fiddle at tight end when when Ed, uh, Everett was out, 
that he decided to suddenly target the number one tight end way more often. Like, yes, Gerald Everett was leading early on, but he wasn't getting this kind of work at all. And then all of a sudden, Everett is out, Higby is forced forward, and somehow, all of a sudden, McVeigh sees Higby in a different light. He gets to see him running with, you know, the ones more often, or he gets to see Jared Goff targeting more often, and he sees it start to work, and Higby becomes the number one receiver on the team at any position. So I think a little bit more, I lean a little bit more towards Higby, which means a little bit, lean a little bit away from Everett. Having said that, I still think he's a value at tight end 28 and in the 16-plus round range. It's a lot of words. Mostly about Tyler Higby. All the words. <laughs> yes. I am looking up Gerald Everett game logs here for comparison's sake. Not good. He had a couple um, big games. Yeah, he had a couple massive games, and then most of the rest were very subpar. Actually, he only had one. He only had one. Yeah, and it was at Seattle. I, I had it in my mind. I was like, didn't Gerald Everett, uh, like, destroy us in a game last year? He did. Seven for 136. And that's it. Other than that, three for 21, two for 15, two for nine. Four for fifty, two for fifteen. Like, and okay, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Tyler Higby is the tight end one on the Rams. Um, he did look great. He got more separation. He he did a great job of being a security blanket for Jared Goff. Um, Goff started the year last year really shaky, um, and I think that he started to get a little bit more confidence down the stretch. I think that it's possible that Tyler Higby is one of the big reasons why they went to a 12 personnel, give him a big friendly target. That target did a really good job with his opportunity. I think that he's going to be the one going forward, but still at, at the, at the ADP in the 16th round, didn't you say? Yep. Yeah. The 16th round, 16th round. I, I'll take a shot on an athletic tight end there. I, I'll, I'll do that. I, I think that's absolutely possible. Players get traded all the time. Um, you never know if he ends up somewhere else and gets a really good opportunity that that could happen. I'll, I'll buy the athleticism and the youth of a tight end as tight end 26 uh, to stash on my roster all day long. Yeah. Uh, 28. 28. 28. He's, yeah. he's, to John's point, one of those perfect guys that I love to collect on the back end of my roster. A tight end that people have largely discarded that no one is going to be starting or even thinking about putting in their lineup, but he's still young enough and has shown the talent that I think in two more years, and if he goes to another situation especially, he could be all of a sudden a starting tight end for my team. So that's a great call. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Good talk there on Gerald Everett. Certainly good value in Dynasty Startups, no doubt about that. All right, guys, we are talking about a former first-round running back next here on this Dynasty ADP game. Mr. Sony Michelle. Oh, man. There's all the Patriots and first round picks on this show. That just sounds gross to even say. Wow. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to value Sony at all. Like a guy that I was super hyped about the landing spot, thought they could give him the ball in the passing game. They just didn't do it. Like pedestrian on the ground, couple injuries here and there. But like we said with Nikhil Harry, the depth chart there, as far as playmakers go, is not great. Sony Michelle could have some value this year. So, with that being said, let's set the over-under at the 10.02, and we are starting wow. with John on this one. Wow. 
I'm going over. John gets so stressed um, every time I say Over. <laughs> wow. I'm going over. Um, Sony Michelle is dead to me. Um, <laughs> he's dead to me. I have absolutely no desire to own any shares of Sony Michelle. Um, he had opportunity. He did nothing with it. He falls on contact every single time. Um, he trips himself and tackles himself for a loss. Uh, I just, I have no desire to own Sony Michelle in an offense that is going through a major transition. Belichick doesn't care who's at running back as long as they're getting yards. They don't care about your draft capital. They don't care about anything like that. If Rex Burkhead is churning out three and a half yards a carry and Sony Michelle's churning out 1.9, Rex Burkhead is going to get the ball. James White is still there. Um, and can you speak a little bit, Betts, to his injury concerns? Like, it looks like he's lost a lot of confidence in his plant based off of yeah. past injuries. Yeah, he's had a couple of injuries on the same uh, knee. He's yeah. had two meniscus injuries and the previous ACL tear uh, from several years ago. So, yeah, it, it is definitely a concern for me as far as the longevity of that knee. And that's been, he's been a guy that came in in the draft and people were like, you know, this is the bone on bone situation that people always bring up when they do the medical checks at the combine. And it, it never really, that doesn't really translate to like short term outlook, but it does for long term. So, Sonny Michelle's days as an NFL asset, I think, are winding down. I don't yep. know that he's necessarily going to last for another three years in the league, to be honest with you. So, right. yeah, for Sonny Michelle, that definitely is uh, a pretty big concern. Yeah, and I just, it looked like you could watch him last year and he just doesn't cut like he used to. He looks slow. Uh, he, just, he looks slow. He doesn't have lateral burst. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's entirely possible. I don't know what his contract situation is off the top of my head. But if you told me this was his last year in New England, it wouldn't surprise me. If it's going to be a limited uh, hit to cut him after this season, I could absolutely see that happening if he doesn't put up a good season. So, yeah, I, I have no interest in Sony Michelle. I'm going over. I think that everyone is is fading him hard. At least that's my impression. And if you're not, then let's have a conversation. But I, I don't want anything to do with Sony, so I'm going over. Yeah, real, real quick, Okada, before you jump in. Uh, he is under contract through 2021. Okay. Um, Ardo what do you think? I'm going to take the under. I'm not necessarily saying that I want to yet for myself, but I'm going to say that the the ADP is at the under because I don't think it's far enough into his career for the world to have given up on him quite to the degree that John has. And so I think that there's still a good chance, considering his draft capital, capital, considering his college production and tape, that he's still holding a decent value slightly above that. Under that, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yes, uh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> the under hits again. The 9.03 is his actual ADP on sleeper. That is running back 31. Guys, I don't know that my dynasty ranks reflect this, so I need to go back and check, but I just put Sony Michelle down arrow on my notepad here. <laughs> um, I mean, John hit it. Like, he yeah. is the poorest version of Derrick Henry that exists. He doesn't catch the football. He's a between-the-tackles guy, but the thing is, Derrick Henry is a monster and the best in the game at doing it, and Sony Michelle is moving at a snail's pace and on an offense that, no offense, Akata, 
was terrible last year. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to get with Jared Stidham. I'm out on Sony. I'm with John on that one. Um, even at running back 31 in the ninth round, I'm passing on Sony. What do you guys think? So, I would not be surprised at all if his ADP is three rounds lower by August. Like, uh, Could be. Would yeah. not surprise me. Um, I will say I have him. I just checked my rank. I have him at 32. So I'm just a hair behind ADP. Listen, this is a really tough one, especially as a Patriots fan, for me to decide on. But I will say this. I believe that this guy was very, very talented. I think that injury may have slowed him. We'll see. But the other thing that I think, and I think it's something I mentioned with Nikhil Harry, and I think it's something that we have to consider with the Patriots in general, is new young players do not adapt well to Bill Belichick's schemes and systems because they're very hard to learn. And especially when you have a running back like James White, who you know is going to pass protect for Tom Brady like an absolute monstrosity, and you do not need Tom to Brady's worry. Tom Brady's not there anymore. I know. Uh, and you Just are worried, news. and you're Stop worried about... No, I, I'm going to get to that in a second. And you're worried about putting Sony Michelle in front of him in, instead of James White on passing downs. I can see why Sony Michelle might not earn the work in that offense that he should have based off his draft capital and his college work. Tom Brady is now gone, as was just wisely pointed out by John Helmkamp. <laughs> and Jared Stidham is not nearly the asset that Tom Brady was. Sorry, Jared. Uh, and I hope that you do well, but... <laughs> The, the concept of we must protect this man at all costs doesn't may maybe exist quite as highly. And Michelle has now been in the system for another year. I think that if there's a year for Sony Michelle, this could be it. They are. This is it. They, well, like, for sure it is it. But I, yeah. I, I mean, this could be the year that I, that I actually expect the breakout. And listen, their quarterback is gone. They're going to be working with a sophomore who's gotten two snaps and one of them was an interception. <laughs> at quarterback they wow, have, it sounds a they, lot like nathan peterman oh <laughs> they still have an elite defense and i expect them to come out and try to play titans football this year or ravens football minus the mobile quarterback uh or seahawks of old football which is to play good defense run the ball and have a game manager at QB and extend their drives and keep the ball out of their opponent's hands. Especially when they have to play, you know, the Chiefs and teams like that, which they have a tough schedule offensively. Um, and I think that means Sony Michelle could get forced into a decent workload. I could see him getting 250 carries this year. And if, he get, if he gets 250 carries this year, he'd have to be pretty bad to not be viable in fantasy. He's and to really be fair, bad. if he plays that, if he plays badly, he'll probably not even get the 250 carries. Right. Um, well, before we before we move on from that point, do you think he played well or, or not last year? Just like to gauge a, a point of like how you're feeling about him as far as what he's done so far. Um, overall, I would say subpar. I wouldn't say horrible, but I would not say good, and I wouldn't even quite say average. I think for the most part, he looked subpar, but I think he also did show some flashes, and I think it doesn't help. To be to his credit, when he gets mixed in all the time with these other guys, when Rex Burkhead is flying around and you don't even know where you are in the system, and I think part of that is him not knowing very well because he takes these guys a while to learn. So this is a make or break year for sure. Uh, if he gets four weeks in and is not getting 15 carries a game and playing at RB2 levels, I'm probably already going to give up. I'm not going to have a long leash with him, to John's point, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a leash. So I'll draft him around there because that's where I have him ranked, but it's a short leash. 
Well, before we move on from, from that, and I'll let John go in a sec, you mentioned the 250 carry mark is like, if he can get that, like, that's intriguing. Yeah. He got 247 last year. And it was not very good. 3.7 touchdowns carry. did he score? I feel like he scored what, no uh, touchdowns. He scored seven touchdowns. Oh, that's not even that season. bad. 900 yards bad and yards seven touchdowns. But man, looking at his targets, 20 last year, 11 the year before. I So uh, that's why I brought up the pass no. protection. I think that there's a chance that if because he might take a step forward in the pass protection, that he takes a step forward in the passing game. But it's a big risk. You have James White. Yeah, Why we're not going to have, gonna gonna have to James White for forever. No, but you're going to have him for this year. Yes, but Sony's got to learn. They be, spent a first-round pick on him. This is going to be the nail in the coffin. for. He's not going to get a chance to. I think they're going to like, give him the just, chance because it's no longer Tom Brady that they're protecting. I think that it was not worth the risk. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Jared, yeah. It's, it's so Jared. Jared. He can take a hit. He's 20 years younger. He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll bounce back. He won't. He won't bruise up as easily. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. I just no. I, no, I don't. I don't. Nope. I don't nope. Like nope. It. And and the offense as a whole, I think, just takes a step back. I think his opportunities goes down. Like Tom Brady still managed to keep that offense moving and put up decent numbers with nobody. They still have nobody other than Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman. Now has to get on the page. He and Tom Brady read each other's minds for true. years. And now you've got a kid back there that Edelman's going to be like, I'm over here. Why is the ball over here? I don't understand. They're not going to be on the same page. The offense is not going to move like they did last year. It's a miracle that that offense did what they did with the talent that was there. Mm. So the offense as a whole is going to take a step back. It's almost as if they have a magician, a head coach who can work miracles. It's almost like they had a quarterback who knows how to manipulate and read a defense better than anybody in the history of the game who's not there. The continued debate of Brady versus Belichick, who is more responsible. I love it. I love it. But they were the perfect complement to each other. It was both. It's both. It's not just one or the other. I don't think that offense puts up 70% of their stats that they did last year. And I don't think oh, that gross. Sony. Yeah, it's that is it's so going to be so bad. <laughs> and I don't think that Sony Michelle gets the opportunities that he did from one the eye test and two the offense as a whole lacking the ability to move the ball. All right, boys, that is a, a lot of talk there on Sony. Uh, John and I are out. <laughs> yes. It's a lot of Okada energy spent on Sony Michelle. In. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So we'll try to be a little bit quicker here with these last two. We're running a little bit low on time, as per usual, here on the Red Shirts per Football huge. Podcast. Uh, guys, we got to talk about Odell Beckham Jr., oh, arguably Odell. the ta- most talented, maybe, receiver in the game, you could say. Top three. Uh, but man, How are you top three? he was the 1.01 in Dynasty Startups just two or three years ago. And now he is. Not valued, not even close to that. I'm going to set the over-under, fellas, at the 2.10. In single wow. quarterback? Wow. Single quarterback. Wow, Can wow, I go wow. For, it's my turn, right? Yeah. Yep. Under. Yeah. Um, in single quarterback, under. Yeah. Um, And it's close. I mean, there are a lot of very talented players in that second-round range. But I, I am buying the bounce-back for the Browns offense as a whole, a step forward for Baker, a second year connection between Baker and OBJ. 
um, play action passing like we've talked on several times in this podcast and how Stefanski, the new head coach, likes to bring in that play action pass and how good Baker is at that. Um, I think that Odell Beckham Jr. has a massive opportunity for a bounce back campaign to be a solid wide receiver one option, like potentially a top six to eight guy. Um, and I think that he is a in single quarterback where no quarterbacks are going yet in the draft, unless someone's getting crazy hyper on Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, it might happen. But I mean, to me, he's no later than a mid second. Like he's two point oh four in single quarterback is probably where I'd put him. So I initially was agreeing with John in my mind, but after hearing him talk, which is funny because he just said good things about Odell. I'm actually going to go with the over, and it's for two reasons. One, because I feel like I'm letting in my mind my own views on Odell uh, influence me to go earlier in the draft. It's hard to use these adjectives. No, I get it. You're using like your own thought process against consensus. Yes. Is what you're having a hard time differentiating, and I'm I'm struggling with that too. We talked in uh, in this big conversation in Patreon today. It was a lot about wide receivers in general. Uh, someone got Odell in the fifth round in a dynasty mm. startup, which what? is insane, what? but I think is telling of maybe where people are going. So listen, you're not going to get him in the fifth round in almost any league, but I think you might get him easily in the third round in a lot of leagues. So I'm going to take the over. Wow. The fifth round. Well, I'll tell you what, his ADP is not the fifth round. Okay. Uh, it is the 2.09. Just one oh. spot under what I said. All right. So John gets it on that one. Um, wide receiver 10 value. Yeah, I like it. I got to pull up my, my ranks, but I'm in on the OBJ revenge tour this year. I'll just put myself out there and say that. Like, Scorched The earth. talent, like. the opportunity. Yeah, he, he just actually posted um on his YouTube channel. I was watching the other day. He was posting some of his workouts and like talking about how he felt last year. And he said... I literally was in pain every single day from August until December. Like, not himself, couldn't open up his stride, dealing with that sports hernia surgery. And I'll just say from experience, that is one of the most painful things to deal with. I mean, anytime you cough, you sneeze, you twist, you run, you jump, like every single thing you do in day-to-day life, everything you do in sports causes pain. So it's a surgery that heals reliably. It's a surgery that I never really tell people to stay away from that player for. Um, So I'm in on Odell from a health perspective. And we've talked about Baker in the play-action passing. I'm in, man. I think Baker and OBJ are going to have a fantastic season uh, this year. What are your guys' thoughts? You buying or selling at wide receiver 10? Uh, can you? Okay, I was just going to ask what number wide receiver he was. 10. So I can answer this very easily because he's my wide receiver 6, which is go. a smaller number than 10. Ergo, <laughs> I will buy him at wide receiver 10. Listen. One less digit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, there is a lot of similarity weapon-wise to a degree between the Browns and the Vikings of the last couple years. Except that Odell Beckham Jr. is a better wide receiver than uh, Adam Thielen. Yep. Stephon Diggs is a better wide receiver than Jarvis Landry is at this point, in my opinion. <sighs> Stephon Diggs is a nastier version know. of Jarvis Landry. He is I don't know. He's dirty. Okay, that's a, that's a different conversation. Okay, we'll I talk about that another scenario, point. They're pretty I much a wash. I love me some Jarvis Landry. We'll, we'll talk about it in the Patreon sure. chat. So listeners, hop in there. We'll, we'll chat. And Baker Mayfield certainly can be as good or better a quarterback than Kirk Cousins. And I think there's a very good chance he is. So 
All things considered, I feel like Odell is a better Adam Thielen from what we've seen the last couple years, which has been in this range for sure already. And I think Odell is going to be better. So if he can stay healthy, which has been a fat question mark over the past couple <laughs> years, good gracious, Odell, play 16 games, please. Uh, and this offense does actually take the step forward that we wanted it to do last year, which I am more confident about it doing this year than I'm in. Yes, please. Alrighty, last player here, fellas, and John, we gotta we gotta get a win for you here. Uh, the score currently, Okada has three, you have two, and you both tied oh. on one with Nikhil Harry. So, John, you gotta get this here to, to save yourself here. Um, all right, guys, we're talking David Montgomery. Oh, Demont, ooh, the guy in the class last year. Everyone said this guy breaks tackles. He's gonna get a huge workload in Chicago. That offense fell apart. They did not know how to use him. They did not know what to do. I'm going to set the over-under here at the 6.01. David Montgomery, what do you think? And we're I, with uh, Okada on this one. Oh, boy. D- John, you spoke out. Do you just want to go? Sure. What a gentleman. I, will, I love it. I will gladly um, fall on my sword first so that you can have some time to think. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go under the 6.01. I think that he is being viewed as... A running back two, maybe fringe running back three. I I think that he is being viewed as a guy um, that a lot of people think that they can target as being their second running back if they tend to go wide receiver heavy in the first couple rounds. Um, So I think that he finds himself in a good situation. Um, Matt Nagy, dude, just give the guy the ball. Like, give him the ball. The, The lack of carries at points last year when your quarterback was Mitch Trubisky was baffling. Why are we trusting Trubisky's arm instead of a rookie running back that was like on fire? Like he was the talk of the town. Everybody loved him. Everyone was excited about him. He was there. He looked great in training camp. He looked great in the preseason. He was ready to roll. And then he had games where he had like six carries. It's like, what are you doing trusting Mr. Trubisky that much. There were also games where he was like, you know what? It was my mistake. I didn't get him enough carries. So I got him 26 against Denver or whatever the number was. Yeah. The um, overcorrection. Yeah. The overcorrection. So I think that he knows that they need to use the running game. Um, I think that they know that they can't really trust Mr. Trubisky, which is why they brought in Nick Foles. So I think that Montgomery should be valued as a running back to low end, like not like running back 16, like running back 20, ballpark maybe a little bit after that in my mind um i need to do my rankings and figure out exactly where i'd like to put him there but i think that in single quarterback going in the late fifth to early sixth i think that that sounds right at least that sounds like right for me i don't know what the consensus is thinking but i think that that's that's where i'm going to put it uh you went under yes you went okay then I'm going to take the over just to give him the chance to tie it up. Uh, oh, what a cause, scholar. Because I'm nice. Um, and you went first, which was kind of you. So, you know, it's a trade back. However, before I do that, I would just like to read three no, three stat lines for you guys. All right. Mm-hmm. Running back A, 209 carries for 931 yards and six touchdowns. Running back B, 247 carries for 912 yards and seven touchdowns. 
Running back seat. I know who that is. 242 carries for 889 <laughs> yards and six touchdowns. Now, I may be tripping, but I feel like running back A and B had better numbers than running back C. Running back C is David Montgomery. Running back A and B are Sony Michelle as a rookie Sony and Sony Michelle last year. Yeah. Yep. I yep. just looked that up so, while we were talking about it. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. This like I said, there was also some piss poor game management where they gave him like six carries, eight carries, something atrocious and okay, dumb like that. Okay, but he ended up with 242, which I is don't five about- less than Sony Michelle. And Michelle oh, is had that more how yards. we're doing our rankings? Is that I'm how we're just doing our rankings? Saying, you guys, <laughs> we're just going to do guys, our rankings based on total stats. Listen, you said wow, that Tony is this your first year in fantasy utter football? Utter doo last year, <laughs> and he was better than David Montgomery on the same number of carries. No. Now, granted, David Montgomery can get better. It was his rookie year, although Sony Michelle's rookie year was better and more efficient. Oh, uh, and to be fair, David Montgomery was more involved in the passing game. He had 25 catches instead of 12. Not that many more yards. He wasn't that productive overall, but he did get more targets and catches. So that helps. I'm just pointing out that I think there's a little bit of bias towards David Montgomery having just seen him in his rookie season. And so we feel like we saw a little bit of that rookie glow. And Sony Michelle's rookie glow has worn off. And so we're already ready to give up on him. And that feels a little iffy. Like, it would not at all surprise me if David Montgomery does the same thing in year two that Sony Michelle did in year two, which is 247 and 912 and 7. Having said all that, I. John is beside himself right now. <laughs> I don't. I like David Montgomery more than Sony Michelle. So let Thank me just you. be clear okay. about that. Thank you. Having said Jeez. that. <laughs> I do not like David Montgomery as much as the consensus does. I will not. I am not feeling great about taking him late fifth, early sixth, and I don't see him becoming an RB one. I see him being a thousand yard, seven touchdown guy for a while, which is fine. You know, that's an RB. That's a back end RB two. It's a guy you're going to flex a lot. That's a Carlos Hyde through his good years type of player, awful. and that's that's solid. You know what? That that's good. But it's where he's going now is still a little too rich for me. I'm gonna pass. All right, fellas, drum roll. John has tied it up. Oh. I did not let you drum roll. Sorry. <laughs> John has tied it up. He's going at the 5.03 running back 17. Wow. Um. Yeah, that. I feel like that's a little rich. Yeah, I for do me. too. Like but I was, it, it I'm makes on him, sense. but that's still rich to me. Good gracious! Like, yeah, it, it makes sense. I, I'm just gonna hold David Montgomery if I own him. Like yeah. you just gotta wait and see what happens in year two. I think it's worth seeing what the price is on him, but based off this ADP, I think people are valuing him mostly properly as far as what he's done last year, what could happen this year and beyond. So he seems about right. I don't know that I'm gonna go out and try to get him in a ton of leagues, but I'll see what the price is. Um, we talked about it with the Bears quarterback situation with the dysfunction that was on the offense last year. The running back room is David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, who virtually is not a running back, He's and Ryan Nall. So Dave Montgomery is going to get every single opportunity to yeah. prove himself this year. Um, the volume, I think, will be there. And Okada, get your Sonny Michelle takes out yeah, of that. So, wait, wait, hold on. Nonsense. You're telling, no. me, you're telling me that the Bears have an extremely talented pass-catching running back that's going to keep Dave Montgomery off the field on pass-catching downs? 
That no, they're going to both play because the wide receiver room is Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller and Cordero Patterson. And Tariq Cohen <laughs> is a receiver. I mean, Tariq Cohen should be this team's slot he receiver. He should be, like, but he hasn't been. He's going to take David Montgomery off the field on third down sometimes, if not often. This feels a lot yeah, like Sony fine. Michelle. I don't know what you guys are saying. No, 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 no. Sony Michelle literally has no chance to get pass catching work. No he chance. Was a, he, he has was had a 30 targets in the past two running years. Running back in college. Oh, that's fine. I think he's a great pass catcher. Okay, so Do the Bill Belichick can recognize that. No. That, yeah, he could. He hasn't given him the but chance we're going off to two yet. Years of, Unless you we're going think off he's two lost years his of, pass catching ability. No, I okay, think he's a good Okay, so are catcher. you seriously comparing the two? Uh, like, listen, do you want to make a wager David Montgomery. No, no, no. I told you that he's ahead of Sony Michelle by, I look, just check my rankings, 10 spots right now. Well, although okay. David Montgomery is still 10 spots for me behind where consensus has him, so that's rough. But I'm just saying, I think that the glow on David Montgomery from last year being his rookie year and him being a high rookie pick is remaining in a larger sense than Sony Michelle's, despite their situations being far less different and their productions being far less different than people think off the top of their heads. So David Montgomery, 1,200 combined scrimmage yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, under, if you're giving, if you're saying he has to hit both, I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'm going over. Betsy Poo. Ooh, let's. Yeah, I'll take the over. Let's put this. Uh, let's put this one down here for reference. We can come back to this right. in uh, seven months or eight months, whatever it is. Uh, what was that? Twelve hundred total yards. Twelve hundred and nine. Yep. And nine total touchdowns. Total touchdowns. Yep. All right. We'll put. I'll put a poll out on Twitter. See what the, the listeners think. But, fellas, good way to end the show. Lots of heated debates on the pod tonight. That was always fun. Um, a good way, I think, to value dynasty players, like we talked about, is just these ADPs. Like, what do other people think? And do you agree? If so, they're probably a hold. If you disagree, you're either selling them or you're buying them. So look at ADP, see what your league mates are doing. And real quick too, with ADP, like whatever platform you're going to use, whether it's my fantasy league, whether it's sleeper, any other platform, you can look at the ADP before you draft. Mm. So check it out because it's an easy way to be like, yep, in the 14th round, I'm targeting that dude. In the 16th round, I'm going to target Gerald Everett. Like you can, you can do it that way and really have some good value. So go make some trades, go enter that Devonte Adams giveaway, Ooh. lots of methods to do it. Check it out on the pin tweet, uh, at redshirts FF pod, hit us up in Patreon, patreon.com slash redshirts pod is the place to go for bonus content. It is the place to go for the Slack channel. We're talking fantasy football in there every single day. What yep. feels like 12 hours a day <laughs> at least. So come on in, join us, come check it out. Uh, and when you do it, that is the way that you get the most entries into the Devonta Adams giveaway. So check all those things out. Fellas, we are back on Saturday. Uh, anything else for the people between now and then? Um, uh, no. I, I'll take that yeah, as a no. I really don't think <laughs> yeah, so. No, think, think we're good. Yeah. Perfect. All right, boys. Uh, well, listeners, thank you so much for checking us out and listening. Until next time and until... Uh, you buy Sonny Michelle in Dynasty. Ugh. Wear the red shirts. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.